0: Welcome to another Monday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, but it might be you with me, la la la, let me explain. Today, we're going to talk about an absolute flipping narcissist who has shared videos of his ex without her consent. I'm going to talk to you about the recent release of Stephen Bear from prison. Let's get into this. Because imagine a criminal offence being committed against you in August 2020. The person who committed the offence being arrested in January 2021, going through two years of hell to get justice, with the perpetrator acting like a brazen dickhead the whole time on social media, and then finally seeing the perpetrator sentenced in March 2023 to just under two years in prison, before watching them walk free in January 2024, after only 11 short months in jail. Imagine the person who victimised you serving less time in prison than the time that you had to serve going through the whole arrest, court, trial period and all of that jazz. Well, that's what an extremely brave woman named Georgia Harrison has just experienced. And I think that we need to talk about it and what that means for victims of sexual abuse and offending And what it shows us about whether we should bother to fight for justice at all. I mean, spoiler alert, we actually definitely should. But also, it's not always served. And actually, I really don't don't actually want to talk about Stephen Bear at all. I couldn't think of anyone who I find more pathetic and less fucking interesting. Although, do you know what? To be fair, he is quite interesting. He's quite fascinating. He's like a lesson in in what a fucking narcissist is. His picture should literally be in the dictionary next to the word narcissist. And he is actually interesting to observe in terms of that narcissistic criteria. But because of those narc tendencies, he actually makes me not want to discuss him because he will love any attention. Your typical narcissist will thrive on it, whether it's negative or not, because he'll see it as a sign of his importance and keeping him relevant. But he's completely unimportant. He's completely irrelevant. And actually, he's a case study. That's it. Imagine being proud of being a case study. Don't be proud, mate. You are a a learning, an educational tool of of which tools to avoid, actually. He's a sex offender and I've only heard of him for being an absolute turd in relation to this court case. In fact, actually, I just had to Google him to figure out how he came to be famous other than for being a sex offender. And predictably, I really, I could have guessed this one. Google says that he got famous from reality TV. He was on Shipwrecked and X on the Beach twice And then Celeb Big Brother. That always really confuses me, that thing. How you can be considered a celebrity for Celebrity Big Brother when you're not even a celebrity. You're just some random who's been on reality TV. But anyway, I digress completely. Stephen Bear received a 21-month sentence in March 2023 after being found guilty of voyeurism and two counts of disclosing private sexual photographs, often called revenge porn, But more accurately, it is image based sexual abuse via the making and sharing of intimate videos of himself and his ex partner, Georgia Harrison, without her knowledge or consent. She did consent to having sex with him, but she didn't know that she was being filmed on CCTV in his garden. He went on to share those images on his WhatsApp and on his OnlyFans without her consent. And when she found out and demanded that he delete them, he mocked her in WhatsApp voice notes and instead of apologising, put his subscription price up from £20 to £50. According to The Mirror, Stephen Bear once bragged about making a million pounds in 12 hours after posting an explicit clip online. He and his former partner, Jessica Smith, who was 22 when they got together and he was 31, They made adult content for their social media pages before his jailing. However, after being locked up, Bear's eight companies are said to have collapsed around him. Oh, poor little Bear. Bear turned up at court with his supportive 23-year-old girlfriend. And they wore matching outfits. I mean, Google Stephen Bear trial and have a look at the array of fashion nightmares that him and his young girlfriend turned up. To the court in. All of this, all of these things that I'm saying to you are absolute, just massive red flags for absolute narcissism, narcissistic behaviour. He turned up at the court trying to be Billy Big Bollocks in a Rolls Royce, which apparently was later found to be a rental. How embarrassing. He was wearing Rolexes, which also were later found to be fake. Again, embarrassing. He was puffing on cigars, wearing fur coats, pink suits, and other equally ostentatious clothes, sometimes even sporting a gold cane. And he relished the paparazzi attention. He created TikTok content out of it. It it, it was this whole performance and this whole arrogant show. Stephen Bear told the jury in his evidence during that trial that he thought that the CCTV recording of him and Georgia Harrison was funny and that they had a laugh about it. He said that he started having sex with her in his garden after she told him he looked like a fit Paul Daniels. If you're not my age, Paul Daniels was this elderly magician or maybe he wasn't elderly, he was probably about 40 but I was like 8 so I thought he was elderly. She told him apparently they looked like a fit Paul Daniels as he was doing card tricks with his top off. And he swore several times at the prosecution barrister and told her that she was silly, while also bragging in court about women he slept with. A journalist described that he'd, like, mentioned that he'd had sex with this woman then kind of looked around for approval and, I don't know, applauded from, from the court. And after being found guilty, whilst conversations were happening between the judge and the barristers, Bear raised his hand and said, My barrister said not to, but it's nothing bad. In my opinion, from the beginning, it was never a fair trial. What the press was saying about me, I was always fighting a losing battle. And it is what it is. Do you know what? I've never actually heard this man speak. I do do not know if that was an accurate impression of him, but I feel like it probably is. And following the guilty verdict, not only did he claim that he didn't have a fair trial, but he also joked online about his custody image and he showed absolutely no thought for Georgia or any remorse or accountability whatsoever. But despite this, on the 17th of January, he walked free from jail after serving only 11 months of his 21-month sentence. He will be on licence until the end of the sentence, St. but still, he's free. He was ordered to sign the Sex Offenders Register and he will be subject to a sexual harm prevention order for 10 years. He also had to pay Georgia the sum of £200,000, which is apparently the highest sum awarded in an image abuse case. And he had to sell his house to meet the costs. Good. <laughs> Every week, they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> some peasant Coke? No. And, you know, I keep saying good and I keep talking about it in these terms because he showed no, like the whole palaver of the trial and the whole no remorse and accountability does not show me someone who should be released early from jail. It does not show me someone who has acknowledged what they have done. You know, it is problematic. If he'd have taken a whole complete different reaction to this, I think that the public reaction and my reaction would be completely different. So I don't know, I felt that there was some kind of, what's the, I don't know what the right word is, some kind of maybe justice in the fact that in all the photos of him walking out of prison, he looks like he's emerging from living in the woods or like he's actually been genuinely shipwrecked, like it was giving Tom Hanks in Castaway kind of vibes. A totally different picture to the narcissistic clown costumes of fur jackets and canes that he sported during his trial. And of course, his early release isn't some unusual travesty or aberration. It's how the law works here. Unless you're ordered to serve your entire sentence before being considered for release, then you serve half your sentence in custody and the rest on license with conditions in the community, so long as you've not done anything crazy whilst in jail. But Stephen Bear's early release, despite showing absolutely no remorse or willingness to change or do better, is a blow to Georgia and other survivors of sexual abuse. And Women's Aid actually released a statement about this in which they said, from our work with survivors, we know that violence against women not being taken seriously is one of the main reasons preventing many from reporting the crimes to police. Seeing perpetrators being released from sentences early, in this instance serving under a year, also has an impact on women coming forward in the future. With trust in the criminal justice system already dangerously low, we need to ensure that women feel both safe from abusers and that they can see the justice system understanding the severity of the crime committed. Short sentences leave too many women thinking, what is the point of going through a trial for that? So-called revenge porn has a devastating effect on a survivor's sense of autonomy and privacy, as well as a long-lasting impact on their mental health. And the criminal justice system needs to reflect this. So if the criminal justice system knows he's only going to serve half his sentence, don't sentence him to two years sentence him to four or five so that at least doing half his sentence is is a chunky time in prison that gives him time to reflect and change and take part in some sex offenders courses some course anti-misogyny workshops or whatever not even sure if that stuff's even offered in prison anymore but i bloody hope so but i am not got even that faith under the tories and i haven't worked in prisons for a long time so actually you lot can let me know I did something on my Instagram a while ago where I was showing comparison sentences. There were people serving 10 years for fraud versus people serving suspended sentences for rape. Men serving 20 years for drug supply and doing community service for indecently assaulting teenage girls. Some men serving a year in prison for consistently avoiding train fares, while others doing five months for stalking and sexually harassing multiple women. And it is so scary to comprehend. And it does make you feel vulnerable as a woman. Like, do do they not give a shit? And all of this is evidenced in Helena Kennedy Casey's brilliant book, Miss Justice, How the Law is Failing British Women. It's such a good book. And it gives you so much armour. You know, when you've read that book and you start to argue with people online or horrible misogynist men in your life who are like, yeah, everything favours women. If you've read that book, you can come with, absolute facts to hit them back with, although they probably won't listen or even understand what you're talking about. But anyway, it's worth a try. I mean, our justice system currently isn't even really fit for purpose. It's been decimated, just like all our other public services. And what it does is quite often drags victims, often humiliating them and degrading them for their past sexual history to prove the innocence of the perpetrator often forcing women to relive their trauma and be questioned at length about what they did to deserve it, why they were there, what they were wearing. And for some, the process of trying to bring a perpetrator to justice is more traumatic than the actual offence. A sense of not being believed or being believed but still made to feel that you somehow bought it on yourself, particularly in cases that aren't stranger-related because courts and, you know, juries can quite easily see Even though sometimes they still try to drag victims, but they can clearly see that if you've been dragged by a stranger who's jumped out of a bush, that you are a victim. Whereas if it's somebody who you're dating or or, or consensually gone back to their house with, it can be much more difficult for them to see that reality. It's a heavy fight to get justice. And when that fight ends with no further action or a light sentence of which they serve half, it's a huge blow. Why would you fight for years to see them receiving a punishment that is so much shorter than the time it's taken you to see it served? And actually, I don't even believe in prison as a punishment in the main, because it tends to increase the risk of reoffending. And what I do believe is that there should be serious consequences for sexual violence, which image-based abuse is, even if there was no physical violence. It should be heavily publicised and also very heavily taught in schools that it is a disgusting crime. And actually, I thought that people were quite clear on that these days. But judging by the comments on a Shadebra post, I, I know, I know you actually should never look at comments on a Shadebra or I'm just post because they will really give you a terrible view of the world but in comments on that post about his release which actually shout out to all the women who were correcting these comments there were a lot of comments from men under there that made me feel very unsure that the message is being spread loudly enough. One man of many said he's not a sex offender that's going too far and when he was challenged by some of the many wonderful women in the comments he went on to say that it's a stretch because we all know he's not a sex offender going around on some weirdo shit and that he's not a predator or a danger to women he was a danger to georgia harrison and he would potentially be a danger to other women who had sex with him unknowingly in front of cameras as georgia harrison put it he hung her on a wall naked for millions to see that's harmful that's weirdo behavior that is predatory and it is dangerous Another male commenter said, well, is his ex, so she must have known that he has OnlyFans. Read between the lines, people. And when challenged, this one said, so if he had one, and OnlyFans, how you know they didn't just use it to do content together, and now she's just being spiteful. And the comments were worrying. Not all the men, but a lot, seemed to feel like he was guilty, but that calling him a sex offender was just a step too far. They felt really uncomfortable with it, probably because so many of them have shared nudes in their boys' WhatsApp group without consent and don't want to acknowledge the fact that this also makes them sex offenders and actually probably done worse than that and have to cope with the idea that actually, yeah, that is sex offending, you fucking bunch of idiots. But what happens when men like this end up on juries? They easily could and do. How do we make sure that juries aren't filled with people who think that it's more likely that a woman is a spiteful ex than a victim? The only way is better education starting much younger, I believe. The good thing here is that he did receive a sentence, that he has received major consequences financially and that he is now subject to a sexual harm prevention order, which means he will be monitored and have conditions that he can't breach and that he will be penalised for breaching. Claire's law checks will show his offending, which means that women who get involved with him, you know, in eight years time, who may not know this history, if they're feeling worried, they could do a Claire's law check. And it will show that... He has done this. Also, women getting involved with him within the next 10 years while he's subject to this sexual harms prevention order should be contacted by the monitoring police to let them know that he's committed this type of offence. His offending will also show up on disclosure barring scheme DBS checks. So, you know, if he goes for jobs in the future, which he might well need. Then, then then, that'll be there. You know, he's not got away scot-free like so many men like him. There'll be a lot of people listening to this whose partners or ex-partners have done very similar things, blackmailing or sharing um, intimate images and nothing happened and they weren't able to do anything about it. So small justice has been done here, but I don't feel like it's enough. And Georgia is such a brave and admirable woman. But it shouldn't have to take bravery to receive justice when you've been a victim. You know what I mean? It shouldn't. It should be a simple process where you are cared for and looked after all the way. And it is getting better. And it will keep getting better so long as communities like mine, full of people like you who see through and understand all of this, keep shouting and keep educating people and most specifically the men in our lives and keep holding people to account. We have a long way to go, but we are miles ahead of where we were. And actually, I did just say men, but you know what? Women, you shouldn't be doing this stuff either. I actually once had a a letter from a man whose ex had shared pictures of his dick in some kind of revenge thing after he broke up with her. I think she put them on Facebook. And that's equally horrendous and shouldn't be done. None of this is okay, regardless of gender, of course. And if you have been affected by anything like this, then you can contact the Revenge Porn Helpline on 0345 6000459, or you can find them at revengepornhelpline.org.uk. And I will, of course, put all the details uh, in the show notes. I do think it's a weird name for the maiden charity in the UK that deals with this, because it's not porn. Porn suggests something consensual that's like titillating, like, you know, a, a movie or a picture. It's not that. It's abuse. It's image-based abuse. So let's call it right. But nonetheless, they are a great organization who can help support you if you've experienced image-based abuse or you're being threatened or you just feel, you know, like you need to talk to somebody about uh, this kind of situation. So go seek that support. I'm absolutely not trying to put anyone off reporting to the police any type of sexual crime that has been committed against them. But I also think it's just continually important for us to highlight how bad things are and how bad things can be, but also that there is light at the end of the tunnel because there are great organisations like Women's Aid, the Revenge Porn Helpline, great books like Helena Kennedy, great voices out here standing up for what is right. And we will eventually, hopefully... Make a change. Anyway, don't go like Googling Stephen Bear. You'll have nightmares. Don't go on his TikTok. Don't give him views on social media. That's exactly what this narcissist would want. Leave him well alone and make him go away. And give all your support to Georgia Harrison. I heard that she wanted to become an MP and I would back that all the way. Georgia Harrison for Prime Minister. La 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 and let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment Production.